Support for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark, featuring My Trustmark online and mobile banking. Monitor accounts and information, transfer funds, create special alerts and reminders. Details at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC. Good morning. It's 830. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the future may be getting brighter for solar energy in Mississippi. People can now have regulatory certainty that, hey, here's what I'm going to get paid for my panels. Then, keeping children away from tanning beds in the state. Later, a visit from the experts of Everyday Tech on choosing the right computer. And thinking about saving for college for your kids or grandkids? We'll tell you how. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi fans of solar power hope the sun is rising on a new era for the energy source. Lowered cost and more reliable technology, along with new regulations, could mean solar may finally take off in the state. Mississippi Institute for Renewable Energy Director Stan Flint tells MPB's Evelina Burnett solar could be a new energy industry for the state. Solar energy in Mississippi has the potential to move us from worst to first. We are in the top 10 in the country, number 8 in solar capacity in the state of Mississippi, which means we could compete with the top biggest states uh, in the country for being able to produce solar energy. And it can change the energy future for this state. It can make us not only energy independent, but a clean energy exporter. And the next generation of energy production is going to be renewable energy. Solar is the big one for Mississippi, but also wind and cogeneration and other forms of generation of energy that's distributed that means it's coming from people's homes from their farms from their houses and it's the only place that i know of that economic development gets right down to joe six pack right out there to the man on the street you can put solar panels on your trailer uh, out on your farm on your property if you have it and you can immediately start generating economic development for yourself in the way of diverted energy costs Uh, and it promises a new future for the state and this uh, is one place in Mississippi we have an enlightened public service commission who is very favorable uh, to the idea of people developing a robust solar energy industry in the state. Imagine a brand-new industry in the state of Mississippi, energy industry, that can compete with anybody in this country for the production of energy, and every single person in the state can participate in it. Now, what is it going to take to get to the point where this could be something that anybody could do, especially in terms of the affordability of it? Well, it's now uh, technically feasible and economically feasible. Costs have come down 60% in two years. There's a 30% solar tax credit, federal tax credit. Uh, The Public Service Commission is currently looking at other ways to incentivize it. But right now we have a great rule that was passed by the Public Service Commission called net metering, and it allows you to produce energy and be paid 100% retail for the energy you're not using, that you're producing yourself. And if you sell it back to the grid, anywhere between uh, 50% and 100% of what you pay for it. So it actually allows you to sell energy back to the grid. And the only thing that keeps people from doing it is calling up a good solar installer, getting it done, and having it put on their house. My house, for instance, we could pretty much eliminate our power bill each month uh, by putting solar panels on the roof of our house where it's facing south. And our power bill is about two, three hundred dollars a month. It's not that much, maybe for everybody, but this is one place where any person can help create energy security for the state 
generate economic development right in their own backyard, and it's where economic development gets down the road. As I said earlier, big plants, big factories help the overall economy, and a rising economy does lift a lot of boats. But it doesn't lift the boats that are the most needy, the boats that have holes in them, the boats that won't float, our low-income folks and others. This gives them a chance to not only help generate energy for our country and make us energy independent, it also gives them the ability to get the economic impacts each month. And they can take that money that they're not spending on electricity and go buy groceries or bait for the, for the tackles from the tackle shop. One fellow here in South Mississippi put him on his trailer, and he said he pays his bass note. Uh, his boat uh, his boat note on his bass boat. So if you can generate electricity and enough to pay for a bass boat note, that ought to hit home with people in Mississippi. Now, what do you mean when you say uh, Mississippi's eighth in solar capacity? What does that mean? That means we have enough solar energy coming into the state of Mississippi so that we're number eighth in the country in the total ability of solar gener- power that we could generate. We're a high solar area. Uh, we've got a lot of natural gas in the state. We've got some other, uh, you know, carbon-based energy products. But this country and the world is going toward clean and renewable energy. We, as a planet, only use one-sixth millionth of the solar energy that arrives on this planet every day. So the more we can turn our faces up and take energy directly from the sun, it's passive, it doesn't pollute, it doesn't require very much maintenance, all it's doing is taking the energy that God is sending this planet and sending it into the wires. And every person that gets them on there can participate in energy production and in bringing economic development right into their household, right into their bank account every month. MPB's Evelina Burnett with Stan Flint of the Mississippi Institute for Renewable Energy. Lee and Matthew Campbell of Ocean Springs installed a solar panel system in their home last year. The Campbells tell MPB, or MPB's Evelina Burnett the savings from the solar energy produced are significant. Uh, we have a six kilowatt uh, system up on the uh, rooftop. It's um, just photovoltaic cells. So gathering the energy of the sun every day. And what kind of impact does it have in terms of your power or power bill? During the summer, we were generating about 30% of the energy that the home uses. And right now, since it's cooled off and the ACs aren't running so much, we're generating more along the lines of 40%. And then from our bills, previous year, the same months, we're about 50% less. Tell me a little bit about the process. Like, how did you decide to, uh, do you know anybody else in Mississippi who has solar panels? So we um, read an article in the Sun-Herald some months ago about another resident of Ocean Springs that got solar panels. So it, we had always, it's kind of a pipe dream of ours to be able to do solar. And um, we followed the process as it went through the Public Service Commission, the regulatory process. And when um, we heard about the other gentleman in Ocean Springs that got the panels. We called up the company, and they came out and did a full analysis of the available square footage on our roof and how many panels they could put up, how much energy each panel would put out, and then did the analytics on our Mississippi Power Bill to see what kind of impact it would have on that. And, and the, the financials just really made sense for our situation. Um, and then there's also the federal tax credit 
that helped quite a bit with the cost of the panels and the installation. It's a $7,800 federal tax credit that's available. So that helped a lot as far as um, the cost that we had to put out up front. And it's worked out really well. MPB's Evelina Burnett with Lee and Matthew Campbell. The couple installed solar panels in their home last year and are using the energy being produced every day. In other news, some lawmakers are contemplating banning minors from using indoor tanning beds. MPB's Paul Boger has more. Melanoma is the second most common form of cancer for females 15 to 29 years old, and it's on the rise. That's according to data collected by the National Cancer Institute. It's also the reason officials from the American Cancer Society are asking members of the Senate Public Health and Welfare Committee to ban minors from using indoor tanning devices. But some lawmakers are wary of a total prohibition. Republican Senator Sally Doty of Brookhaven says a ban will only push teens to other unsafe tanning measures. Uh, You know, teenagers don't always make the best decisions. They think, oh, I can spend one day out in the sun, get a terrible sunburn, you know, and be ready for prom. I've seen that happen before. Um, I I just, I, I think we have the correct laws in place, but I think it's a matter of maybe, um, more public awareness and also some better enforcement. Under the current law, minors 14 and younger are required to have parental supervision to use the device. Anyone between 14 and 16 must have a permission slip. Paul Boger, MPB News. Up next, a visit from the experts of everyday tech on choosing the right computer. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This election year has been unpredictable, and it can be hard to keep track of what's true or not. But NPR's election team wades through it all so you don't have to. Be informed. Listen to this station every day. Thomas and friends are pulling into the station. Don't miss the opportunity to meet everyone's favorite number one blue engine and enjoy a special show and meet and greet event. Join Thomas as he arrives at the station for a fun-filled adventure and experience timeless life lessons, including discovery, friendship, and cooperation this October 29th at the Mississippi Agriculture and Forestry Museum from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. Register now for this free event at mpbonline.org. I'm Jeremy Hobson. Our election road trip goes to Colorado, a fast-growing swing state with rapidly changing demographics and some distinct unifying factors. There's a libertarian spirit. It's kind of a rugged independence, even though a lot of most people have moved here. We're really a state of immigrants. We'll broadcast from Denver. That's next time on Here and Now. Today at noon on MVB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. I'm Sharita Brent, here with Wilkes Couture, information technology expert at Nucor Steel and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. And we're going to talk about what to look for when you are preparing to choose a new computer. The holiday season is coming up. You might be looking at something new, so we'll talk about some things that you should be looking for. Wilkes, good morning. Thanks for being in. Good morning, Sharita. How are you doing today? Doing well. Um, when we talk about the lifespan of computers, about how many years are we looking at? You know, a few years ago, it seemed like as soon as you'd buy a computer, it'd come off the shelf, and like, you know, within two or three months, you were already outdated. You know, in all honesty, today, it seems like they're lasting a lot longer. It's not unusual for us to see people still running their computers five, six, even seven years 
depending on what you're doing with it, if you're using it mostly for a lot of office-type applications, you know, uh, doing the bills, some light web surfing, things like that, it's going to obviously last a lot longer. If you're kind of like my son and my daughter, a little more into the gaming, yeah, they're going to run out more in like your two to, you know, within your two to three year kind of time frame. Okay. Um, So when you come to the realization that you need a new computer, um, what are some of the things you should be considering, especially when it comes to brands and things? Do you think you should just be Googling reviews on different computers? I get that question quite a bit. And the very first question that I ask, and I think what what our listeners need to ask themselves as well, is what do you want to do with it? You know, if if a big concern is you wanting to do a lot when it comes to finances and, and your bills and things like that, that, I tell people, hey, look for things such as dual monitor resources, something that can give you a lot more screen real estate. If you're looking at wanting to do a lot of photo and video work, say, you know, you really like taking those pictures, you want to look at a lot of storage to be able to hold that kind of information. So you're really looking at that. And, of course, if you're looking at gaming, you need a lot of power. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it really depends on what you want to do with it. So what are your thoughts on getting a refurbished computer? I think if it fits the bill, we can talk about techs and specs of computers. But you got to also talk about budget. Budget's important to all of us. I've seen some really good refurb units come out there. I know, uh, for example, a lot of your schools, even in this area, will refurb and resell some of the uh, Macs that they've given to the students at the end of the school year if they're not actually being returned to the students. Really, really good deals to be had out there. Do you think there is a prime time to shop for computers? Um, and, and also, do you think it's best to shop in store or online? You know, I kind of like to balance it. I like to look online a lot for my research. It's really good to be able to get that information without the salesman or salesperson hanging over your shoulders. But really, getting in there, getting your hands on it, um, you'd be amazed at just between a different model or a different brand, how different it'll feel. How does that keyboard feel to you? How does that monitor look to your eyes? So again, I use the online for that research aspect. For folks who are thinking about buying something new for the holidays, do you think they should get a jump start and start looking before the holidays get here? A lot of the manufacturers, they're going to want to grab those customers coming in the stores, you know, um, I know my wife started looking at the Black Friday deals. We're already, you know, kind of planning ahead what's going to be on sale this year. It'd be a good idea to go ahead and get your research going right now. From what I've seen, there's not any kind of record-making new technology really coming on the horizon uh, that we're looking for this particular holiday season. We'll talk a little bit more about computers, when to know if it's time for you to get another one, and uh, we'll talk about laptops and tablets on Everyday Tech, the show that's coming Wednesday morning at 10, so be sure to tune in then. You can send an email before or during the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. For Wilts Couture, I'm Sharita Brent. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. Thanks for listening. Hey, y'all, I'm Felder Rushing. Ain't it a great day? Now, my truck stands out around town. A garden in the back will do that. You can make your car truck stand out with the new MPB Car Tag. MPB Car Tag. It's a great way to show your support for MPB. Visit mpbonline.org and sign up for yours today. Woohoo!
From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jeremy Hobson. Our election road trip goes to Colorado, a fast-growing swing state with rapidly changing demographics and some distinct unifying factors. There's a libertarian spirit. It's kind of a rugged independence, even though a lot of most people have moved here. We're really a state of immigrants. We'll broadcast from Denver. That's next time on Here and Now. Today at noon on MVB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. New parents and grandparents in Mississippi make constant choices about the future of the children in their lives. And when it comes to saving for college, their choices can be daunting. In Mississippi, state-run savings accounts available through the state treasurer's office can make the choice easier. We spoke with Treasurer Lynn Fitch about the options offered by the state and about the new marketing campaign to promote them. The college savings plan is a financial vehicle that allows people to save for their children or grandchildren. And when you do that, you get a state tax deduction. Um, We certainly live in a state where we need financial health and wellness, and this allows people to save and invest in the future. Because think about it, you're investing in your child, your grandchild, and ultimately we, we want them to stay here and go to college, and we want them to be a part of our workforce. You can start investing when? When the baby's born? Absolutely. That soon? Yes. Uh, We have two programs. The Impact, the Mississippi um, Prepaid Affordable College Tuition Plan, which is where you can pre-purchase tuition, and you can certainly start as soon as the child is born. And then we have the MAX, the Mississippi Affordable College Savings. And that's the program that allows you to invest whatever you'd like to. So if you want to put up $20 a month, 2000 a year, you know, actually, what's affordable for the family? Uh, we're seeing a lot of participation there because in that one, in the 529 plan, you can use it for um, tuition, room and board, books, uh, and computers. So that particular vehicle um, is the largest savings um, vehicle across the country that people use are those type of 529 plans where they can invest in whatever they like to and in whatever amount. Is there a minimum monthly amount? Uh, there's not. However, it's well, it's 20 or 25, depending. But if you have a payroll deduction, it's as low as 15. And so we've really worked on payroll deduction and reached out to um, government agencies, municipalities, um, different school districts, companies of all sizes. And so that's why it's been very, very successful. We've seen a tremendous growth of 51% in the last year because people are participating because primarily they can use payroll deduction. Can you change the amount as you go along? Can you add to it or subtract from it? And, and, you know, that's what the glory is, because um, with that minimum amount, you could go up um, if you had the expendable income or if you've set a higher amount and you feel like your target needs to come down because certain things have happened um, with your family and your budget, you can can bring it back down. All right. Let's say a child reached college age and says, you know what, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to stay in the state. What happens to all that money? Well, there are two different ways that that happens. Sometimes in the prepaid um, tuition plan, a child might go out of state. Um, That money can be applied via formula, and it goes to the school wherever they've sought to go and and applies toward the tuition. So that's very helpful. If they get a scholarship, they get a rebate, a refund back to the parents or whoever the the individuals were that put up the money and purchased for that particular child. It's very good to do that because that allows um, that excess uh, to come back to the uh, parents, grandparents, 
parents or whomever. Now, in the other instance, in the 529 plan, that's a very flexible. You could move that between um, siblings um, very easily because the intent is always to be able to utilize that um, for college purposes. And that's not also just for students. That's also for um, adults. So if a student decided or high schooler decided not to go to college, maybe one of the parents could use it to go back to school or take classes. Would that work? Yes, we see that happen. Um, so that's very encouraging and very empowering to know that that can be utilized in so many different ways. How many people at this point are enrolled in one of these college savings programs? Uh, we have several thousand um, in both programs. Um, we're about 32,000 right now total for the prepaid tuition, and we're continuing to add into the thousands for our um, 529 uh, affordable college one as well. So the numbers are changing, but um, but very successfully changing. You have just introduced Echo the Mockingbird. Now tell us about <laughs> him. It's a him, right? <laughs> it's, it's him. And let me tell you, it's exciting, Karen, because he, here's what uh, the mascot does. It's another way to outreach, um, to have the conversation with young students, with the parents, with the grandparents. Now, almost every state that has a college savings program has a mascot. Because, again, that's visibility. It's a great marketing tool. Uh, young children will flock. He's a, to, the, to the bird. Flock. He's, a, <laughs> he's a very good, um, you know, just easy uh, bird to be around, very, very kind, very fun. And so anytime you have a mascot like that, um, it, it entices young people, uh, young children, young parents to come around and say, well, what is this all about? Hush, little babies, don't say a word. Just take some advice from the mockingbird. If you want to go to college, you got to have a plan. College Savings Mississippi, just as fast as you can. You can save for tuition with Impact and Max. And Mom and Dad, get a break on the tax. There's no time to waste. Make sure Mom and Dad know College Savings Mississippi is the way to go. The way to go. Woo! The way to go. And that's why my news hobby is bird watching. All right, now explain to me, though, since it's a since it's a fluffy bird that's going to appeal to children, is the idea that children will meet Echo and say, hey, mom and dad, save for college? You know what I mean? Who, who is the bird geared towards? Well, certainly the, the bird is geared toward the, the young children. Um, and that's the, the magnet anytime you see these mascots. And so that's, again, it's kind of the next step. Hey, mom, dad, look at this bird. What's he talking about? What's college savings? Am I going to school? And what's he talking about? And so... Um, we looked at the mockingbird. We did put a lot of thought into it. Uh, mockingbird certainly being the state bird. Um, and, and why echo? Echo, so that if you hear it many times over, the parents <laughs> will go, I need to invest. And so, you know, we really want to hit these young parents as well because here's what happens. They look up, and these babies are in the third grade. And once they get to the third grade, they're halfway to college. And so if you think about that, that's a little wow factor. And have we saved anything? And so when you have this bird, the mascot, it's exciting. The children are talking about it. We can take him out. It gets them having the conversation among themselves with their parents, with their grandparents. And then it's like, oh, maybe we should be checking into that college savings. Program. Is the idea that Echo is a permanent part of the Treasurer's Department or is this a, a sort of a one-time launching this campaign for a limited time? No, we, we he'll be here for the long haul because we envision ECHO being a long part of this college savings program. Mississippi Treasurer Lynn Fitch, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Certainly enjoyed being here. I appreciate that. 
coming up after Mississippi Edition. It's Deep South Dining. Now you're talking with Marshall Ramsey and Southern Remedy. And remember, if you want to catch the show outside the broadcast, just search for Mississippi Edition in your favorite podcasting app and listen whenever you like. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi Edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Support for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark, featuring Trustmark Deposit Express, ATMs for business and personal banking. No deposit slips, no envelopes, no waiting. Most deposits made by 9 p.m. weekdays are credited that day. Details at Trustmark.com, member FDIC.